Hey everyone, welcome to Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance. I am Becky, and I am super excited to be joined for an author spotlight with author Danica Flynn. Hi, Danica. Hi, how are you? I am great. I am super excited that the world is finally able to get their hands on your latest book. I had the honor of reading this a while ago, and I really loved this character, um, and this hero and heroine. And I'm so excited that everybody else gets to have the opportunity now to fall in love with them. So um, on this episode, we are doing Author Spotlight. We're going to talk about Danica's latest release, Fake Out. Um, Danica Flynn is a marketer by day and a writer by night and weekends, a.k.a. she doesn't sleep. She is a rabid hockey fan of both the Philadelphia Flyers and the Metropolitan Riveters. When not writing, she can be found hanging with her partner, playing video games, and reading a ton of books. You do play a ton of video games. I do. Um, And I know you play Animal Crossing, but you've made the switch over to Stardew Valley now. Oh, I played Stardew Valley before then. So my family is constantly like, you would love Stardew Valley. Why don't you play Stardew Valley? You should play Stardew Valley. And I'm like, listen, I can only handle one obsession at a time. It will take over your life. Um, it will. It's it's a really fun story. Like I love I love indie cozy games like that because I think they just have really great storytelling in them. Like they just like those type of games are um are just really great. Like I just love the storylines in them. Yeah, my boy child plays it, and he constantly is like, "Mom, you should try it out. You should try it out." And I'm like. So I always tell my family, I am not a gamer. I'm not a gamer, (laughs) but I have an obsession with Animal Crossing. So the difference, though, that might make you want to play Stardew is um, there's like these these bachelors and bachelorettes in the town and you can like court one and marry one and they'll like live in your house. Um, So I married I've played the game twice and I've made the same decision. I married the weird writer that lives on the beach and I made him a romance author. (laughs) And he kind of has like long hair and kind of looks like Fabio. So I'm like, it makes sense. <laughs> that is so great. Okay. Um, are you, I, I know you are younger than I am. Did you play mm-hmm. the Sims? I did, but like not to the level that people are playing it now. Um, I feel like I played like Sims two. So I played, I think it was Sims one when it first came out. And then I do think I played Sims two and then it had all the experience expansions with it and that's when you could start like falling in love and there was like the family expansion and I could spend hours designing houses (laughs) yes and I loved that you could fall in love and kill people and make them do it yeah um people are kind of psychotic on that yeah. Um, I don't play it now. I think it's probably far past my tech intellectuality, but yeah, I I did play Sims and I did yeah. like it. <laughs> so, I, I don't know if I could play it now because I think it's like you have to buy the, there used to be like you could build the furniture and download the right. kits for free and stuff like that. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I would be broke. Um. Okay, so before we get talking about Fake Out, we've talked to you a couple of different places. We did a happy hour with you. You've been on the podcast before. We've done a couple of IG Lives with you. But we're just going to ask you some questions to get to know you as a romance author. Um, People will know that I am obsessed with your Small Town series that you recently just finished up. 
and uh, you were teasing a little bit in your greeter group that you might not go back to the small town yet. Okay. And I'm a little, so I'm, I'm a little it's concerned not that about I'm this. I'm not going to not write it because I have like, I'm working on the draft of the first one. It's just that I need to make a business decision about what t- takes my energy. Yeah. Um, unfortunately. Um, so I have to make that decision um, about what I, I really want to write the Murphys though. Like I really want to write them next so it would be a spinoff of the mcgregors but like it would be like directly after the last book so um i guess i don't want to write parallel timeline because it's such a pain um so it'd be like directly after so you could start in on that first book and it would be like a different family in that town um so yeah i've started writing the first book and it's also an accidental pregnancy i did not plan that (laughs) But that's just like what those characters um, are like. So that's a challenge too, because I'm like, I want to make sure they don't sound too much like Nolan and Avery. They are a little bit, it's a little bit of a different situation where Nolan and Avery were close and they had already had like a sexual relationship together. This couple, it's like a one night stand type of thing. Um, And he's kind of like, uh, he only does casual and she like, she's widowed like um she's had a lot of miscarriages so this is like her rainbow baby type of thing so I definitely get a lot into like infertility and like miscarriage stuff like that um I've written about that before I think that's just like a a thing that people experience and I think we shy away from it so I, I tend to like kind of explore it a lot in my books um so yeah well I think <laughs> I'm what- I don't know when it's going to come out. No idea. <laughs> don't know. I think one of the things that you do do really well in your books is you pick topics that aren't necessarily pop culture topics, but are timely topics. And then you kind of deal with the emotional side and the impact of those. Um, we've seen it in some of your books with your characters that choose to be childless. Mm-hmm. And some of your characters have chosen that they don't need to be married. Um, that they can live as domestic partners. And um, I think that those are timely because those are conversations that we're having more on the regular rate, you know, currently, but it's not a pop culture. So I don't think it's going to age the book. Um, But do you kind of find yourself working through um, some of these social topics, like through your writing like that? Um, I guess. Yeah. So uh... (laughs) this book that's releasing um did not i guess i kind of knew that the league was going to implode with um their not so shy opinions about homophobia which is i don't know if you know this but there's like a whole thing so they do pride night right and there was like this whole thing about the flyers russian player didn't want to wear the pride jersey you could have just kept your mouth shut and not set and not worn it and nobody would have said anything, but he made the whole thing about him to the point that now a bunch of pride nights are getting canceled. So I was like, that's interesting that I'm about to re- release a book with a um, an unashamed bisexual hockey player, which we will never see in the league. So yeah. <laughs> and actually I was talking to Kelly Jamison about it and she was like, we can like make our books aspirational. Like we can write what we want to see out of the world. So I definitely do it with that, with the queer representation. I definitely try, I do dig at the league in this book a little bit. Um, and I, I did dig at them in accident, um, 
against the board. Um, there's like a couple lines um, with that. So I definitely do that in terms of hockey culture. Um, there's definitely issues with with hockey and I'm not unaware of them. Yeah. No, and I think it's great. I think that it's great that, I agree with Kelly, these books can absolutely be aspirational. Like this is where we want our pro hockey league in the real world to be this warm accepting place yeah that there is space for everyone in this league you know players of color is another you know thing that we're seeing some issues with and such so um i say yeah it needs to be in there because it also for those people that are reading hockey and, and we've talked about this before i'm not a hockey sports person right but i love hockey romances which many of us are that person but when I read things it does make my then I hear a news story or I'll see a a tweet or something and it will say oh hey okay I need to think about this a little bit more Mm -hmm. and it, it so it does it is helpful to see like you know what the goal should be and where we're not there yet yeah well (laughs) You know, and it's not hockey, but we saw it with that whole uh, Jeffrey Star had the mystery football player with him in Montana, and it like everybody's trying to guess who the guy it does it does it really freaking matter? And I know it was a marketing stunt and a promo yeah. thing, and you know I saw everything from you know like Tom Brady to you know some other Ram random person um yeah. i mean maybe it was dan marino from 1980 who, who knows <laughs> who knows right um well i'm not sure we'll ever really know i mean i think we know now but i don't know um but like why is that such a big deal if a player goes on vacation with another guy and they're together for that vacation who cares yeah. i mean i don't care i mean i'm jealous because i didn't get to go to montana on vacation <laughs> I just, you know, I want to go on vacation. Um, So what is one thing you wish people knew about authors that write romance? Like in general, what do you wish Mm -hmm. readers knew? Um, That we're going to write what we want to (laughs) write. I have gotten some people that will like request, like, why don't you write? I've had someone request me to write a book about a specific player and I was like that's that's not how it works (laughs) just because I write hockey and a lot of it is very much influenced by the flyers doesn't mean that I actually am trying to write flyers fan fiction right (laughs) right (laughs) well I'm sitting here trying to think have I been in Danica's DMs telling her to write certain characters books (laughs) because I feel that I have done this (laughs) I mean yeah but like I don't a lot care. Of people are like, oh, why don't you write about this or this? And people trying to give you like a story, and it's like, why don't why don't you write that? <laughs> I have seen like in groups where someone asks a very like oddly specific rec- recommendation, and I'll like I'll message my critique partners like, did you see this this post? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, I think this person just needs to write this because this is very very specific of what they're looking for, and I don't think they're gonna find it. <laughs> like, very specific like things like book questions like that i've had a couple recently in my dms one of the latest was like 
femdom but not sex club that's probably hard oh, i wonder um well i i i found some technically golden angel has one she she's written three femdoms only one does not isn't tied to her sex club um and uh joey w hill has one that isn't tied to her sex club so i'm mutuals with an author on twitter and she writes it's torrent's scene but i think she has another pen name and it's uh-huh. it's on her covers like writing torrent scene writing as someone and i think one of her books is femdom but i don't know if it's sex club yeah it's just know. it was very oddly specific and i was it like is specific but like yeah <laughs> i'm like that's a great question yeah i don't it's have a- an answer for you yeah <laughs> <laughs> like honestly finding femdom romances are difficult there aren't a ton out there that's yes even <laughs> in sapphic even in sapphic yeah. writing, you know, we haven't seen an explosion of LGBTQIA um, books in the sex club setting, in that BDSM lifestyle. We haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, this Golden Angel's last book was Femdom with a bisexual, metrosexual uh, hero. It worked really well, but I haven't seen sapphic. Right. So I think I read one, but it was it was like five thousand words. Like it was a really, really short and it was literally just the sex scene, really. Yeah. Like that was it. Um, but it wasn't a it wasn't a sex club. I forget who wrote that. It was like a Christmas one or something. But it's just really interesting when people yeah. go looking for these really specific No, wrecks. the thing I saw that triggered that me to send it to my critique partner was even way more like <laughs> Specific. I don't remember what it was, but it was very, very specific. <laughs> so yeah, re- readers will like want you to write a specific thing, and it it'll be like, well, that is not my plan. So sorry. <laughs> I yeah, I think I do. We t- we were talking to Kelly Jamison a while ago, and I was trying to convince her that we need to go back to Chicago, like give us a second gen, or just take us back to Chicago some way. I miss the characters of the aces. And she's like, yeah, I don't got plans for that. So instead, when she did her last little surprise at the end of this last book and we got some Heller love, she's like, mm-hmm. I-, I gave you the Hellers. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, sister. Um, so, okay. Why do you think hockey romances are so popular? Because I, like you, have been reading them since 2016, 15, 16? I, I can only answer for myself, like, because I sought them out because I, okay. I wrote Maya a book in 2010. So I've been writing this family since 2010. So they've been with me for a long time. Blaze has been with me for a really long time. So I was trying to traditionally publish that um, because I thought I was a YA author. I'm not. Um, And there's not a lot of YA comps. So I specifically, I wasn't really a big adult romance reader um, for a lot of reasons. And I think a lot of it was 
my upbringing and stuff like that. So I, someone had recommended one to me. I don't know if it, it might've been Kelly Jamison. It might've been Helena Hunting. I don't know. So I, I read one and I was like, well, this really isn't like what I'm looking for, but I would like, I would want, I just started reading more of them. So for me, it was my love of hockey and what I was already trying to work on that drew me to them. I don't know um, for people who <laughs> aren't hockey fans, why they gravitate towards them. Um, it might just be like the dynamics between the characters. I also think it's probably because it's a fantasy. Um, you know, there's not those like money issue problems <laughs> where, um, so I think it's a way people can escape. Um, it's almost like a celebrity romance too, I would say. Um, so I think that's why people gravitate towards them. I think they just kind of exploded too. Um, cause I know like when Kelly was started writing them, there was really not any like it was kelly and sawyer at love swept and i think tony leo came in the year after the two of them it was the three of them there for just yeah and i think there was somebody else there kind of on the outskirts and then it you know snowballed out um i i do think for the current reading generation I think it's a safe way to do billionaire, but not call it billionaire. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, you know, there's some hang the up is, like, with the connotation they, of the one yeah. percenters. Yeah. And, you know, the anti one percent. But if this is a working man playing hockey, earning his fortune, it seems to be a little bit more palatable. Yeah. And they do like that money doesn't last for them. Um, it doesn't last too. So like, there's also like a humbleness about it. And hockey players actually make like the least amount of like most pro sports too. So I definitely like put that into some of my books. Um, and like Chris Pronger, who he used to play for the Flyers. Um, and he's retired now. He's been doing a lot of these like threads on Twitter about like the realities of it. And like why you've never heard of your favorite hockey player anymore. And like, he really broke down like the, the money does not last and why a lot of them go into color commentating. A lot of them go into upper management, like, because they really don't know anything but hockey. Like they are bred to be hockey players and they do not have like, unless they went to college and went through college system, a lot of them don't have like the experience to do a different job. Um, so yeah, <laughs> it's a little bit different because they have the money now, but it's not going to be there forever. It's not gonna be there forever. It's yeah. so interesting. Okay, so we are here to talk about Fake Out, which is mm-hmm. um, release date is March 14th, 2023. Mm-hmm. This episode is dropping on your release day. So <laughs> happy release day. Um, this tropes of this book are a one night stand, fake dating, hockey romance, um, and it is a bi hero. Did mm-hmm. I miss anything else? I don't think so. Um. Our heroine is Veronica, who is a tattoo artist, and I love her. I So one of the things that I think that you do phenomenal with your female heroines is they are so strong. They are so sassy. Um, you know, even if at first they rub you the wrong way, by the end of the book, you like them, if not love them. And we know I'm talking about you, Roxy, because she and I, we still got beef. <laughs> But Veronica's fantastic. What's your inspiration for her? 
What do you want people to know about her then? So she's the closed off one. She's the one that she's been hurt really hard in her life. Um, and she has to guard her heart. Um, so she's kind of got that wall up to protect herself, but it ends up not protecting her in the end. Yeah. It ends up hurting her too. Um, whereas Blaze, like, he wears his heart on his sleeve. He is very much, he's like all in like immediately. And that's just his personality. Um, so he kind of has to work at her a little bit. And yeah. like, even then it's like, they have this agreement. So he's trying to like respect, respect her. Um, and there's like even things he does that he doesn't realize, like, he's just like doing this thing for her because it's nice. And for her, it's like this big moment. And she's like, that means something really huge. And to him, he was like, I just put like a railing in her stairwell. I don't, I don't understand. Like what, what was the deal? <laughs> and like, Dinah and Noah have to tell him that was like a huge thing for her. Like you have to like, like that was huge. And he was like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think they just like come at it in different ways. Like, cause she, like it was, yeah, she, her ex sucks. <laughs> like, well, I also think she's someone that hasn't been able to rely on anybody to show up. Nobody yeah. has shown up for her when she really needed them. And here's this guy that she's really trying very hard to keep at this arm's length that just keeps showing up. He has major golden retriever energy. <laughs> like, like yeah. he is he kind of a golden retriever. And I always think that like TJ from the last book is kind of like the yippy like <laughs> chihuahua that just never shuts up. But I love him. I adore him. I adore him. But he, he's a problem child. He is such a problem child. And his heroine is so just kind of like, oh, God. Like, she loves him. But I really do think she wants to slip him, like, some ketamine every once in a while. There's, so I just got the edits back from the for the next book. And I'm like. The beginning of that book starts with him being like, let's like go out and like drink. And then there is a scene later where the hero in that book tells her like, um, like something about like your husband, like blah, blah. And she's like, he's not my husband yet. I can give him back. <laughs> like, well, I think, doesn't she say something like, like, he's not mine. I can't, don't have to claim him yet or something. Yeah. Like, because, I can give him, I still have time to give him back. Because everybody just wants him to shut up for a minute. Because he's, like, <laughs> yipping at your heels. Yeah. But he, he never is not, I say he's a menace. And I think, like, he's never not a menace. He's always been a menace, like, the whole, like, series. And it doesn't stop. He like, really ever. is. And he, it, but Blaze is, like, the good guy, just kind of chill, goes along with the flow. But he's not dopey. He's not like do do do. He like really is smart. Um, I loved him in TJ's book. We got to meet him in TJ's book, and he has the whole flow. I imagine him to look like Thor a little bit, like <laughs> you know, big chiseled guy. I don't know. That's what I imagine him to be like. <laughs> yeah. No, am I off? Like, did I make up no, my own I don't description? Think so, but like, I yeah, he like 
He'll grow it back. <laughs> He'll grow it back. I was a little sad because he has short hair in this book. Yeah. <laughs> and I he was did. like, wait, <laughs> I liked the locks. Yeah. Um, so in this book, as they're coming together, they have this one night stand. Um, Blaze is back in Philly after breaking up with a long-term girlfriend and uh, Veronica, he meets Veronica at his dad's bar and dad asks him to take Veronica home. So let's just talk about this. This book bangs. It bangs it often. It pops, it pops, it pops. What you doing? Are you trying to give me a heart attack? Like I was reading along and I'm like, were they already? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you turning up the heat on purpose over there? You know, some one of my readers like posted my like countdown like like one day away, and she was she posted something about how they're my horniest couple, and I'm like in this series. But did you read Temporary Love? <laughs> like, yeah, I think they're hornier. Although Roxy and Benny got his name right. Look at me, <laughs> got his name right. Um, they bang all the damn time, and in everyone yeah. else's book. they do not stop they don't yeah um anyway so there's actually quite a bit for a one night stand fake relationship book you do have some pretty heavy emotional feelings in this book was that a challenge to balance kind of that instant attraction but you also got all these big feels and emotions over here um i don't know like (laughs) i just kind of um Cause they kind of just like tell me like what's happening and like sometimes I'll write a book so like I'm working on a draft and I wrote 50,000 words before the hero told me like what his deal was like why he was a certain way so sometimes I have to write a bit before I can find out like what's really going on with them um and I'll be like now I gotta figure out like how to do this um but yeah because I wanted to put like I guess I do try to like family is a big thing in my books and this was definitely a big thing in this book because Blaze and his dad have to have it out about some things. Um I think the fact that I wrote his sister's book I think already um well I wrote her YA book that I won't publish. Um but like I already was like familiar with the family. I knew the issues, so I think it was a little bit easier for me because I kind of was already coming at it knowing these characters before I wrote it. Um so I think that was easy for me because I knew I knew the struggles with the Holmstroms. Like I knew what the I knew what Hal's deal was. So I kind of knew like what was going on with Blaze. Um I didn't really know Veronica or her brother that much. Um so I had to kind of figure out what her deal was. And like as I was writing her, like, why does she um only do hookups like what is her what's going on with her so you have to kind of like figure out like their reasonings and I always like to have a reason because some people will just be like oh they're just a player and they've like met this person and it's like changed them but for me I feel like there has to be a reason for why why they are that way so like I always have like I always are like like because in TJ's book people were met him and he's this playboy and I was like actually let me show you all this emotional damage yeah and so like that's kind of what I do is like be like oh this is the specific reason for why they act this way um why they're closed off why they do this so I think it is hard to balance it but I think you just kind of 
have to figure it out. Um, and for me, I like kind of know when I'm writing it and I start getting bored. I like know there's like an issue somewhere and I have to figure out what that is. Um, and there's time I'll, I'll delete a sex scene and then add it back in because I still think it, I think it like has, uh, it provides like more depth to the characters or there's specific reason why I think it needs to be there. Um, so there was like a couple of times where I took them in and put them out. <laughs> well, and I will say that your scenes, your sex scenes create this intimacy between your characters. It's more than just banging for bang. It is, it creates this really intricate, intimate connection between the characters that helps us understand where they are at at that moment in the story it also gives the reader this opportunity to watch them fall in love you know because there is you know connection and disconnection between the physicalities of relationships and with the way that you do it we get the intimacy and the physicality. And so we kind of see the different pieces all connect to make this whole relationship. Um, okay. So one of your reviewers uh, said, it's just sex. Don't fall in love. I think that speaks to the book so much because I feel like they chant this to themselves. It's just sex. <laughs> yeah, do. Don't fall in love. It's just sex. Don't like, I feel like they are chanting this the whole time. They are. They are. It's, and you're like is it just sex people come on come on like it's not but okay keep telling yourself that right <laughs> so dumb <laughs> some characters are so dumb they are <laughs> um okay so fake out is available now wherever you guys buy books um this is book five mm -hmm. in the bulldog philadelphia bulldogs hockey series it can be read as standalone. Mm -hmm. um, I think that it's an okay place to start, honestly, if you want to pick this one up and then work your way backwards. I think that you do an excellent job of making sure your books stand alone, um, that we yeah. get enough, you get enough pieces of other characters that you still want to go back. I do that intentionally because I want to give the people who have read all the books like little pieces of the other characters so you can kind of like see where they are. But I also don't want to give it's like kind of that's the balance act that I try to strive for. I think it was really hard with um, Rox, Rox and um, TJ because they are so codependent. So their books kind of, I think, connect really well, like maybe connect a little bit more than the other ones. But I do really try to make it so that like the focus is on this this um romance like these this couple falling in love and you could go back and know the other ones if you wanted to or if you're not interested in them like because I know some people I think some people skipped accidentally in love because they just don't like accidental pregnancy which I'm like that's fine like that's why I write specific different tropes so people can like pick up what they want because that's what I did that's what I do sometimes when I'm like oh, I don't want to read that so I'll like go read the next one or whatever so that is like intention, like intentionally something that I do try to do. Um, that can be really difficult. I think as you get further into a series, I think it does start to get a little bit harder. Um, but yeah, um, I, think I do try to make it so. I think it also comes down to this is your first series. This is the first group of books you've read. You're a very different author from what book one was to what book five is. Yeah. Like, but I still think there's a lot of value in book one. And I liked those characters just as much as 
you know, I've liked later characters. My favorite hero was Blaze, but then I had the privilege of reading the next book. <laughs> and now I have different feelings. So really, that's interesting. <laughs> <coughs> Maybe quit doing this to me. Um, Danica, thank you so much for joining me for this quick shot of romance. Thanks for having me. Um, no problem. Until next time, everyone. Happy reading. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes. 